The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy Monday. It is the most important day of the week. That's right. It's Monday, November 13th. And today is World Kindness Day. And it's National Indian Pudding Day. Get yourself a pudding pop. But thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code somewhere on your screen to find out where we live on the Internet. We are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. You can also find us streaming on Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. So welcome to everyone joining us from any one of those other audiences as well. But kicking it off today, that's right, we have the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamite, coming from the streets of L.A. with a breaking, breaking story. Oh, boy, it's the Quasimodo caretaker himself. It is the dope dad, Rico Lamite. Thank you, Jason. We're going to get this party set up, right? We got some heat today, man. Oh, boy, and, lots uh, of the heat. first one's coming from Cookies. Uh, Burner actually sat down with Benzinga for an, uh, a brief interview where he uh, discussed some of the allegations, right? So, uh, Cookies co-founder Gilbert Anthony Milam Jr., a.k.a. Burner, is hands down one of the most accomplished and celebrated names in the legacy to legal era. Love him or hate him? There's no other brand that has done more than, the cook than Cookies has in the lifestyle lane, completely taking a regional legacy favorite back in the early 2000s and flipping it two decades later into the household namesake it is, in, it is today. Truly inspirational, but the heavy is the head that wears the crown. Burner and Cookie's empire has come under attack from multiple angles lately, uh, leading the brand and its face, leaving invest uh, investors and fans of the brand in a pivotal space where uh, the rest of the industry gears up for whatever the next phase of legalization brings us. Per Benzinga, the Giants' legendary innovation and success has nonetheless been marred by a series of controversies that have raised questions about his ethical underpinnings um, and perhaps that of the entire industry. So this weekend, Burner uncharacteristically sat down with Benzinga's David Daxon to address the allegations, and here are a few of the highlights. 
Brenner was first asked by uh, Daxon to provide insight into the nature of the lawsuits filed against cookies and how they impact the industry abroad. Uh, Brenner responded that the lawsuits against cookies allege that coercive tactics were employed to compel stakeholders into dividing or providing benefits and kickbacks to their company's executives. This has understandably cast a cloud over not only our company, but the entire industry. It's pivotal for us to address these allegations head on and reaffirm our commitment to ethical conduct. Very litigious of me. Polished. Uh, when Daxon uh, brought up Burner's infamous Instagram response, we all saw in defense of cookies, he asked the founder if he'd elaborate on his stance regarding the accusations. Burner responded that he wants to make it clear that they vehemently deny the claims. They're baseless and unfounded. We're, we at Cookies are dedicated to running a transparent ethical business where while we're fighting these legal battles, we also understand the importance of it hold, upholding our reputation in the industry. Daxon then asked Bernard to explain Cookies' reasoning behind its expansion into children's apparel, which he said raised concerns about potential link between cannabis and children. Bernard responded that their expansion into children's apparel was an attempt to, to diversify businesses, business lanes, uh, but they've heard the concerns and criticism. He went on to say that they never intended to link cannabis with children and are reevaluating their approach to ensure it doesn't send the wrong message. And that Cookie's commitment to responsible business practices includes responding to valid criticism and making necessary adjustments. Then he went deeper. The text also alludes to disturbing allegations regarding your involvement in human trafficking and sexual exploitation, as well as derogatory comments in YouTube interviews. Can you provide perspective on these allegations? Werner strongly rejected the allegations in his response. Uh, they are not my, uh, representative of my character or my values. Some past comments were taken out of context and I deeply regret any offense they may have caused. My focus has always been on building a uh, reputable and ethical business in the cannabis industry. Daxon again. Given your ongoing legal, legal battles and the controversies surrounding cookies, what do you believe the cannabis industry needs in terms of ethical reform and why is it crucial at this juncture? These challenges have underscored the need for a profound ethical overhaul in the cannabis industry. We must ensure integrity and transparency to uh, rebuild trust and credibility. The industry was built on the promise of innovation and progress, and it's our responsibility to uphold that promise by committing to ethical conduct. And Daxon's final question. How do you think your recent legal issues and controversies affect the broader cannabis industry's reputation, especially in terms of ethics and transparency? These issues have cast a shadow over the entire industry, Bernard said. Um, they emphasize the importance of ethical responsibility and transparency for all players in the cannabis sector. While I believe we can address and move past these, uh, these challenges, it's an industry-wide reminder that ethical conduct is essential for long-term success. Now, whether you believe Bernard's responses or not, you got to give him credit for sitting in the hot seat and taking these questions head on. If nothing else, the poised series of responses showed Milo Jr., as a much more polished businessman than uh, many would give him credit to being, um, which would which should instill a bit more confidence in any investors that have might have been on the fence prior to the Q and A session. Of course, not all the allegations were addressed, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more from all sides as the cookies drama continues to play out in legal courtrooms across the nation and also in the court of public opinion as social media continues to be where the brand and its head honcho find themselves most comfortable. But I want to hear from you guys. What do you think? Uh, was it a good idea for Bernard to sit down with Benzinga here? Does it change the way 
you view the brand or Milan Jr. as his head honcho. I'm Rico Lamit, that opus dad on the street. What you guys think? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. This is such a piece of work. I mean, the, some of these answers just sound so, so canned, and I feel like half of them were written by the lawyer, and he's just reading off of a script. Mm. I mean, I'm not surprised to hear you respond that way, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying that that's not possible, but um, I think that something that you said at the very beginning, Rico, I don't even know if it might have been the title of the article or what, but it is heavy as the head that wears the crown in this situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, the poor guy has somebody coming at him from every single angle, every single moment of the day, and he has a huge company that he's building simultaneously i mean can you imagine being in his shoes right now just take off your own personal feelings about him and just think one moment he's building this like empire business on a global scale not just here in the u.s Mm -hmm. and he's got people coming for him every single day internally even I mean, there's there's discord. Make no mistake. There's definitely discord internal at, at that company right now. For sure. Oh, How yeah. could there not be? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough position so to be. I just want to, you know, put it out there that I have a lot of empathy for the situation that he's in. It takes a lot of balls to get up and and speak like this. I don't know. He I don't know what his conversations with his lawyers are. I'm sure that he cleared this one um, with his attorney before he went and sat down. But. Yeah. I, I I agree it's with that hard. part. And I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him, no matter what. Even if these allegations are true, I, I feel bad for him because this has got to be hard to wake up and deal with every single day. Got to be tough. Yep. All right. I can agree. agree with all of that, Mandy. I can agree with all of that. I still think it's, that it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough when you're when you're the head of a multi hundred dollar, excuse me, a multi hundred million dollar company. I know they said that the valuation at one point was at a billion. I'm not sure that's where it is now. That sounds like a MedMen uh, valuation. When you're, when you're the head of a such a large entity and you continue, you 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 were there from the start and you continue to be the face ah. of that brand, people are gonna come for you. I mean, look mm-hmm. at look at look at Mark Zuckerberg. He never stepped down as CEO. No. He's yeah, but Mark Zuckerberg stole from the Winklevoss twins or something, right? Yep. So, like, his entire fortune was based on the idea of, of of taking somebody else's ball and running with it. I I think at least we can give Burner some credit for having an original concept and executing on it. Here's what I think about this. First of all, I think this article makes some poor assumptions around what happens at cookies somehow is indicative of the entire industry. And well, this is a broader this and a broader that. How dare you ever take any single company in this industry and apply it to the industry? It doesn't matter whether it's the biggest brand or the smallest brand. This is not the kind of industry where you can cast those kind of broad strokes and say this about that. The other thing that I thought was really silly was the notion that this interview could change an investor's perspective. Investors don't or shouldn't make their deployment choices based on a single interview. Hopefully they're looking at the numbers, the fundamentals, the trends, yada, yada, yada. I don't think this interview moves the needle for an investor one iota. And then the other thing also is, look, we know getting out and getting in this interview was good for cookies. It's never bad to be in the spotlight. And absolutely, this wasn't just some spontaneous idea to go, well, maybe I'll expand out from Instagram and talk a little bit. The challenge I have is, man, there's so many lawsuits. And I wonder, 
I wonder, I got like an A or B, like a little a little devil and a little angel. The little devil on my shoulder says, look, you have that many lawsuits. At some point where there's smoke, there's fire. And then the little angel remembers that scene in American Gangster where Denzel Washington had somebody try to take a uh, an assassination attempt at him. And Armand Asante said, your success took a shot at you. Your success took a shot at you. And That's so I do believe as a front runner in terms of visibility that you're more likely to get some arrows shot at your back than if you're a no-name, nondescript, who are Hold they on. now brand? Hold on, Yaro. Are you trying, are you trying to say... Yeah, yeah. One, one pushback I would say uh, uh, there, Yarrow, is um, cookies as visible as they are, like it or not, they are going to cast a shadow like, like, yeah. in a positive or negative way on the industry because they are so known to the general public. Like You don't know really any other brand that has crossed as many boundaries as they have. So whatever happens to cookie, a lot of people, like it or not, will form assumptions that that's just the way things are the rest of the industry. I mean... Yeah. Yaro, Yaro, are yeah. you are you making the accusation that basically that burner would be the equivalent of Trump in cannabis? No, I would never denigrate burner by comparing him to the orange Cheeto. <laughs> but I would say, I would say that um, <laughs> that that you know I think that to your point, Rico, this idea of like as goes cookies, so does the industry. Is this the biggest canary in the coal mine? I just think that if if people are thinking about the industry in such simplistic terms, they should hire themselves a good consultant to understand the granular nuance with which to approach the fragmented and complicated cannabis industry. And, and, and I would never take a single entity and assume that somehow uh, it's indicative of the broader, uh, the broader space. I agree with you. I just, I just do not take a lot of uh, a lot of the recent investors and a lot of the general public. They're not as well versed in what goes on in the broad industry as we are. And this is what they see. And well, if you climb Mount Everest, you hire a Sherpa. And if you get into the regulated cannabis industry, you should hire somebody who knows something Agreed. more than just picking up their news, right? And and, and so I, I just, I think that Cookies has had a lot of challenges, but um, I don't know that there are many brands, to your point, that have hit that nexus of music, merch, and cannabis in the way that they have. And I think their challenges... I wouldn't say they're uniquely cookies challenges, but I don't think they're uh, something you can just assume applies to every brand, every part of the industry, yada, yada. Well, well I have. Uh, I'd like to add something here, you guys. Um, I, I've, I've got nothing personal against Burner. He's a very nice gentleman. He's always been incredibly polite and approachable anytime I've seen him at an event. Um, he's a nice guy. However, the cookies organization has a clear history of unethical behavior. I have several friends who have lawsuits pending against them. They've lost uh, some lawsuits for doing shady stuff with money recently. They've been selling weed-related clothing to kids. They've been violating all of the laws that kind of caused that that one uh, legislature to write that incredibly restrictive uh, bill that yep. just thankfully got vetoed. That was really aimed yep. at, at her a anger at cookies and what cookies uh, how cookies have been floating uh, flouting, pardon me, DCC regulations. Um, you can just go through that. And the other thing is the branding is amazing. The branding was built on other farmers flower. Burner's never grown weed in his life. Well, you know, branding is a whole other thing. Um, what you have is like subpar flower and a cookies brand. You have the branding all over the place. You have them marketing in a way that two children that is causing the ire of the state, you have a history of unethical relationship. And so it just gets to a point where 
Like it's cool their industry uh, stalwarts or or whatnot, but we need to continue to criticize even positively or creative uh, uh, consciously criticize what's going on here in order that everybody can navigate better. And it's kind of funny that uh, they're losing all these lawsuits that are racking up against them, and they're just starting to get all this negative press. And now, Burner's got Masonic and my friend Marcos CGO and and some other like upper level hash lord heads on his Instagram, and and he's doing these interviews, and it's like this. It's funny because on the way driving over here, I was looking at Instagram and seeing all these folks that Burner's putting together for this hash hole day. And what it looks like is this full court press to kind of rebrand cookies as getting them back in the industry by kind of just, you know, using their money to whoever they can at the top of the thing for a few parties. And look, we've got all the coolest guys are our friends. So, like, we're obviously good. You know, what I would say is I challenge everybody here in the chat. I challenge every one of my correspondents to go this week and buy an eighth of weed in a cookies bag and smoke it. And let's come back next week on Monday and let's just have a real talk about what you experienced smoking their weed. And let's just start there. Because yeah. for me, it's like I, I've, I've dealt with a, a variety of every type of individual and organization in the cannabis economy. And number one, what matters to me is nonviolence and integrity. And then after that is cannabis quality. So if you're a big MSO and you've got more money than God and, and your dad is the reason why you're in business, if your weed is just stunning and your strains are inviting and approaching and your 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 cannabis is smokable and smooth and psychoactive and pleasant and then you're doing it right and we can't hate on you just because you're a large organization however large or small if you're an organization large or small if you're not behaving well you're serving shitty cannabis in a branded wrapper to the public and using your affinity with celebrities and music to sell subpar product that kind of besmirches the whole industry and, and i'm a big thumbs down to that He's so right. Matthew just hit the nail on the head around this selling merch to children stuff. Like that's not even a gray area. Like there's not an age restricted yep. product in the world that should sell children's size merch. And I mean, it's like grooming. I mean, it's fucking sick. Right? <laughs> oh like, man, to hear you say that, Yaro, that's a big <laughs> one right there. Wow. Yeah, I get off the, like I can see somebody smoking a joint in the boardroom at a conference table going what about if we and like there should have been enough bright minds in the room to go no that was not a good idea let's order some lunch and so the fact that that got <laughs> right. off the off the off the starting block it is and i wouldn't universalize it to the company but it is a really 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 poor sign that there's not enough checks and balances in the decision room to create diversity of opinion and to de-risk a brand that's already successful yeah. enough I mean, do you really need to sell cookies, baby merch? I don't think so. Mm -mm -mm. No, and Yaro, I completely and totally put five exclamation points behind that. That's the one other thing I was going to come back and comment on is that you know, that was a step too far. You can't spend yeah. all of these years claiming that your brand is not approachable to children and then go slap it on children's clothing. And have a Zoomies you contract. You can't have both. I can't have yeah, and, and, and I'm glad I'm glad that he did bring that up because I know it was rumor when we talked about it on the show months ago and they vehemently denied it at the time. So I'm glad that he actually came clean on what happened with the children's clothing uh, thing. And so that denying it, Rico, is also a PR 101. Exactly. Move, right? exactly. And so that's like, another like said, example like of said, poor decision making. I'm glad that they addressed it because it, it, it did come out later on that they were going into children's clothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that uh, they actually he did address that part of the uh, of the lawsuit, too.
Yeah. You know, the other thing this story highlights is is something that I think is really important. There's there's two major rivers of of types of people that have been involved in cannabis from the beginning, and I've been doing weed shit since the '80s. Uh, there's one type that has has contacted cannabis. It's made a personal change in their life, either medically, psychoactively, or spiritually, and they they maintain growing cannabis. Yes, they make make some money to to fund their life and pay the rent and eat some food and take care of their family, but they're into cannabis for the benefits of cannabis. There's another lane that just wants to make money. And Cookies and Burner are a great example of this because they don't give a fuck about the message in cannabis. What they care about is Louis Vuitton and Gucci and big watches and ego. And really hats off to them because what they've done is they've brought the same practices of every other entrepreneur in corporate America, which is to core out the culture and everything of substance in a given lane, market rebrand it, cast yourself as the Steve Jobs of that thing or the Elon Musk of that thing, take all of the credit, run with it, and then, you know, Tire in the Maldives while everybody else gets a blue shirt, a name tag, gets paid minimum wage, and has no health care. What we're really seeing is that lane of maximizing profits and caring about weed for the money-making potential. And, and in that, that's like every other industry. So we can't really fault cookies for behaving like every other modern American uh, capitalist for-profit industry that's, that's going on in this country. But at the same time, I think we really need to continue to ask ourselves, why are we in the cannabis lane? What is cannabis about? And if we believe it's about more than just making money and generational wealth and an exit plan and, and all of this stuff that to me just makes no sense at all. I think we need to continue to be stewards and, and voice this because where are we going to exit to man? Whether there's one earth, there's one family, there's nowhere we can actually go. So I think it's time to stop crafting exit plans and start crafting plans for, for stable success in inhabiting this planet and getting back to a model where we try to hand to our children, something that is better than we got it. So they can then also hand that thing to their children in a shape that is better than they got it. And we can become something more like stewards of the earth and have a life that has a depth and a meaning and a connection, something more than name brand merchandise and $50,000 watches. He was trying to hand something to his oh. children, some clothing. Oh boy. Oh <laughs> man. You know, hey, you know, you know, on that J Josh, Josh, in the chat. <laughs> Josh in the chat brings up an interesting comment. He says, people approach the cookie store all the time thinking it's a bakery that sells cookies. And on, <laughs> and on that, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. Well, you gotta keep it moving. Yes. Keep it moving. You all right, Rico? Coming up next. Coming up next. <laughs> He's known for smoking the best weed in the world, and this weekend it was no different. As we, as 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 Jason Beck and I touched down. On the locals here in los angeles oh, yes. turned up for a good cause not only was it uh, not only was it veterans day but also we heard several individuals speaking bluntly for the return of <laughs> sam baba's oh yeah <laughs> monthly programming and we're gonna have some great content coming out this week about that but y'all know who it is jason back what do you have for us today oh, yeah. that sounds insane Wow. 
Jeez, man. Sounded like a tidal wave, man. Tidal wave coming in. Sounded like the crowd sounded like the crowd of January sixth, Jay. Is that why you queued that one up? Yeah, that was that was that was all my people from J six, all the people that need to be free. That's right. But I'll tell you what. South Los Angeles cannabis dispensary security guard killed and the suspects at large in a Hyde Park shooting. That's right. Gunfire rang out in South Los Angeles, killing a 27-year-old security guard at a marijuana dispensary. The incident occurred on Crenshaw Boulevard in Hyde Park and has left the community reeling. The suspected gunman, described as a 25-year-old Hispanic male, was reportedly accompanied by two other Hispanic men and remains at large. The details surrounding the shooting are still under investigation by the Los Angeles Police Department as per KTLA and local law enforcement uh, a local law enforcement to quickly respond to the reports of the shooting, which took place at around 6.20 p.m. Upon arrival, they discovered a man in his 20s, the security guard, dead from multiple gunshot wounds and scattered pieces of broken glass around the entryway of the dispensary, according to CBS News. The name of the victim has not been released yet, while the suspect and his companions managed to flee the scene as noticed by NBC Los Angeles. Well, 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 this is a tragic story, and this violence needs to stop in our streets of Los Angeles and across the country, but I want to hear what you guys have to say, because this sounds like another story, but I want to hear what you guys have to think. And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. Jason, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up this story. This is actually a couple of blocks away from the crib out in South Central. It's very, very sad. Uh, indeed what happened we thought that this one was the backpack boys uh, story yes. because it has a lot of similar points a lot but, of similarities um, the, involved in this story the and the backpack different. boys shooting story that we'll be covering later in the show but yes yeah yeah I, this is yeah it, yeah i'm not sure if they, they did not list the name of the dispensary uh in this report um so i'm thinking that it was a trap shop um but it, it obviously that the, the green uh neon uh, cross mm -hmm. as we know <laughs> yes i mean know there's nothing against anyone having a green cross outside their door yeah but it's it's, it's sad it's sad nonetheless and um uh, this 23 year old uh, um um uh security card that uh security guard that that passed away big big love um uh, out to his family and uh and, and friends because somebody died uh, whatever happened at yeah, whatever happened in this incident, somebody died, and, and, I, and I hope that they, um, I hope that they're taken care of the people they left behind. So, one hundred percent, very, very sad. 100%. I mean, we like to say that cannabis has never killed anybody, <clears throat> and maybe directly it hasn't, but these loss prevention issues are terrible. The loss of life is tragic. Over what? Um, I right. feel so bad for this gentleman and his family, um, and I feel bad that. Um, that these loss prevention issues continue to uh, continue to be a, a dominant concern for retailers, especially. But any places where there's an, a cluster of cannabis businesses, the security issues, especially in California, have become more pronounced. And my hope is that some of these other states, as they think about their security plans and where they put their things and whether they have a drive-in bay. Uh, I think I think this is going to continue to be an issue for a while, and it's 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 terrible. Mm -hmm. Nobody should die because they're just trying to do their job. 100%. Yeah, and I like I like to I like to point out that it's not just cannabis. 
either. We're seeing this. Yeah, all I was gonna say the same thing. It's yeah, it's a sign of the times, really. Yeah, I went to Chicago last weekend, and it was a ghost town downtown, where it's, it's usually vibrant on, on saw Friday ghosts? afternoon. You saw ghosts down there, huh? Yeah. Everywhere. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think we need no, to keep no, forwarding the yeah. conversation here that, that our, our, yeah. our society as is is not working. And no. uh, giving tr uh, yeah, over a trillion dollars to Wall Street and big business and $1,400 to every American resulted in some inflation that the corporations then jacked on. And it's been well proven through a uh, multitude of studies that uh, what we've been calling inflation has just been uh, a doubling to quadrupling of corporate profit taking. But it hasn't actually been a supply-related inflation. It's been no. these large for-profit corporations returning more profits to their shareholders by costing us all more money. And I think, I, I know I say this all the time, but we all, as, as human beings first and then Americans, need to begin looking around and just asking ourselves the simple question. Let's have a Socratic dialogue. Is our society working? Mm -hmm. And maybe if you're in your house and you've done whatever you need to do to have enough money and a gate at your front door, it feels like it's working because your refrigerator's stocked. I invite you to go for a walk to the downtown of your local municipality. Go for a walk and just ask yourself. Don't think of why CNN tells you why it's not working. Don't think of why Fox News or yeah, OAN don't, tells don't you why it's not CNN, working. Don't watch CNN, whatever you do. Ask yourself a question. Is this functioning? Is this functional? And if the answer is no, let's start having some more nuanced, in-depth conversations about why it may not be functioning and how to address it. Because I would answer that question that I continue to ask myself with, no. Uh, there's homeless people forced to live in the creeks and rivers, and because of the non-degradable, poisonous state of the majority of products we make, they are jamming our rivers with microplastics and all sorts of toxins. They're causing fires that are burning down other people's neighborhoods. I mean, there was just a big fire that like burnt down a section of the 10 freeway that was yep. started by some homeless person. The, the 10 freeway is out so, of commission for a while. So what we can say is our, our current system is not working. So do we continue to just avert our eyes and put on blinders and pretend like it's working because we are talented or well-connected or whatever enough to to be able to navigate it? Or do we begin to have these, make the statement, man, it's not working and start having discussions about maybe how we could get it to work? That would be my question to you and my challenge to all of my panelists. I think, yes. Yeah, I think we should be going out there engaging directly with the community and shut the idiot box. I, I, I accept the challenge, and, and all of these jurisdictions that are supporting homelessness and just allowing for crazy transients to run the street are just enabling all of this to happen. And so they need to do something about this ASAP. Not today, but yesterday. Yeah, but I, I think agree. what Matthew is saying is that this is a greater issue that's not about a city here and a city there, but that this massive gap, this wealth imbalance, this decimation of the middle class as if it was as rare as a polar bear on a melting ice cap, and this big, big difference between the haves and the have-nots, which has become even more pronounced, uh, highlights crimes for and theft, which is really about people... Um, like we could never justify what's happened here, but people are 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 scrambling to survive or get by, and that scrambling, that crabs in the barrel, uh, is because we have we don't have the same American dream and the same opportunities we used to have, and 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 and, and it's it's sad. I mean, there's a reason why certain shanty towns in certain areas are full of crime. Shanty towns just trying to get over each other to survive. 100%. And on that, we, get, we have to go. Yeah. Yeah, we got to keep this moving. Dude, um, we we got to keep this moving. We're behind schedule, you guys. We're going to move right on to She's a Mom. 
She's an edibles judge for the Emerald Cup on top of a cannabis executive who's going to show you how being a mom, a cannabis executive, and an edibles judge for the Emerald Cup all can go hand in hand. That's right. It is none other than Miss Mandy Tingler. Good morning. Hi, at Niners. Today, my story comes to you from my man's hometown, Modesto, California. And let me tell you, this town just does not want the plant to be free. <laughs> Coming at you from the Modesto Bee, headline reads, 2,500 pounds of pot seized by sheriff deputies serving warrant near schools in Modesto. The search warrant served at an illegal pot grow in Modesto on Friday morning on about 900 plants plus processed marijuana, the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Office reported. The search was conducted at 7 a.m. at a residence at the 900th block of Lenore Court, just east of Mark Twain Junior High School in West Modesto. 13 people initially were taken into custody and four firearms were seized, according to the beat. Sheriff Jeff Dursky posted on his own Facebook page photos from the incident and included a note that said, the team eradicated another illegal grow today. 2,500 pounds of processed marijuana seized and 10 criminals in jail. Great work. So a comment on the post that said the sheriff's office would better spend its resources by going after fentanyl, which is quote, killing adults and children, Ersky replied that deputies do both and, quote, illegal grows are the source of more crimes of violence than any other drug. About illegal grows, Schwartz told the Bee, this is obviously, as Sheriff Dursky alluded to before, one of the more predominant complaints that he gets from people that live in rural and urban areas. There's environmental concerns that come with it. There's a lot of home invasions that are motivated by marijuana. So this is our way of being proactive, trying to get out in front of them and address those concerns. Now, my friends, this is so much propaganda. I'm sure you can see in the photo there. I don't, Adam, can you go zoom in on the photo of the trailer? Do you, did you get the chance to show that while I was talking the about the article? There's a trailer with all these pounds packed up in the bank and it's it's a lot of weed it is mm -hmm. and as a business operator i am not excited about the illicit market to compete with i'm really not mm -hmm. and at the same time i really just can't deal with some of these statements you know talking about how this is the the big catalyst to all the drug problems it's the biggest drug problem it's it's not Okay, it's annoying, it's annoying. It's not the biggest drug problem though because it's not out there killing everybody. So I just wanna turn this over to my correspondents this morning. It's Monday, this one's heavy. Cool. Excited to hear what you have to say. So Mandy, I find it extremely entertaining the fact that he's saying that we're busting cannabis grows because of the fact that they lead to home invasion. So we're taking the proactive step. like invasion yeah get the hell out of here with that shit 
Stop it. Just stop it. Go and bust some fentanyl. How? Connect the dots. Fentanyl. fentanyl. And and I'm not going to say home invasions do happen. Do happen, and people lose weed in home invasions. This has happened. I've had home invasions. This this, this, this is true. But in Sonoma County, we've had some amazing people lose their lives because out of towners have come to acquire unregulated cannabis. And instead of just stealing the cannabis, they've stolen the, the names of some really great souls here in Sonoma County, especially in Sebastopol. So as much as I love to disagree with law enforcement, I I don't entirely disagree with that. Uh, And we have to remember when we say that cannabis has never killed anybody, cannabis has never killed anybody, but the pesticides that are concentrated through the use of concentrates that are unregulated actually has killed somebody. We're the first generation in the history of humans that has killed people through cannabis because of pesticides and contaminants. And here's the thing. I don't think the sheriff should be posting this on his Facebook. Like if I was a defendant, I'm just really not trying to look at my case on your social. I do think fentanyl is a much bigger thing. Um, But look, you already hit the nail on the head, Mandy, when you started the thing. The best thing that's come from Modesto is Luke. And aside from that, I don't know how much more we got out there. Yeah, his family is pretty amazing, too. Modesto just needs to pump the brakes on weed. I mean, there are a lot bigger problems happening in Modesto. I spend a lot of time down there and I could make a list if anyone at City Hall would like me to. Mm -hmm. um, On that note... I'm gonna go ahead and turn it back over to Jason or Rico, but and, and Tisk Modesto. I, I I I love this, and this is this is total 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 propaganda. I mean, in all reality, this cop is using all of these uh, anecdotal pieces of evidence to antiquate his 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 position, and because we all know it's all about the bigger the bust, the bigger the boost, and this these are the numbers that they use to justify how much money they should get annually and and whatnot, and so it's a lot of propaganda going on. But nonetheless, we're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Stop whatever you're doing and make sure that you hit the like button down there. I know we will appreciate it. YouTube appreciates it, and you will be a better person for it. Also, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already, and make sure you tell your friends. You can also read all of the stories that we cover every day on Hyatt 9 News at our website at www.hyatt9news.com. Make sure you go over there and sign up on our website because we are going to be releasing some content that is strictly only going to be on available on our website. So make sure you go over there and check it out, bookmark it, all that fancy stuff. And we'll be right back after this next commercial. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with smoky vanilla. That's right, baby. 
I'm Smokey Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Yee! Oh, yes, and we're back. We're going to move right on in to the immortal man himself who of top of living and walking on the planet for thousands and thousands of years he also knows how to grow identify good cannabis because he's also an emerald cup flower judge but at this also he has now recently become an hvac technician helping out the pharmacy factory <laughs> up in lodi oh yeah that's right it is none other than the count himself matthew saint germain Thanks, Brother Jason, and thank you for the reasonable level of applause. I appreciate that. Anytime. I'm happy so, to help. <laughs> my story is out of Ohio. Columbus, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says he has decided to accept that Ohioans have voted to legalize recreational marijuana. Oh, yeah. Sounds like he's not happy oh, about it. Man. But he's calling on legislators to make changes to the law before it goes into effect on December 7th. My recommendation to the General Assembly is that they take action to make sure that both rights are protected, DeWine said Thursday morning to a group of reporters during his first remarks about Tuesday's election. People have a right to smoke it. People have a right to consume it. That's also everybody else who doesn't choose to do so. They should be protected with their rights as well. Uh, our goal will be to make sure they are protected from advertising. Uh, children, uh, pardon me, are protected uh, from advertising in regard to marijuana. This sounds uh, harkens back to our first story, eh? We want to do everything within our power to reduce the number of inadvertent consumption of gummy bears, cookies, and other products, it says it, <laughs> that have marijuana. Uh, last year, a 10-year-old Upper Arlington, Ohio elementary student mistakenly brought her dad's edible marijuana gummies to school and shared them with other students during lunch, at which point the Grateful Dead reformed and they had a beautiful party. No, uh, everybody went to the hospital because they all freaked out, but everybody was fine. Um, Mike oh, DeWine boy. says he feels obligated to protect adults who don't want to inhale or smell marijuana when they're walking around. Fair enough. They make a choice not to use marijuana. They should be protected from being in a place where they have to deal with that. DeWine also wants to reduce the number of drivers under the influence of marijuana. Uh, issue two is a is a it is an initiative that seems like it's out of order. Pardon me, you guys. I did a poor job of editing my story today. I would hope when December. So they want to uh, reduce the amount of of high drivers, but they don't quite say how. So we'll go back to that. Mike says he hopes when December seventh comes and goes, it will be able to inform the people of the state exactly how this program will roll out. I think it would be good if that it was all done by the seventh. We're not in a situation of taking something away from the people or backwards negotiating it like New York or California. Wine said he has a Monday morning meeting scheduled with Ohio House Speaker Jason Stevens and Ohio Senate President Matt Huffman, two Republicans who were quick to hint at making changes to issue two after the race was called. Now is the time for the legislature to lead on how to best allocate tax revenues while responsibly regulating the industry, Stevens said in a statement. Huffman said lawmakers may clarify language regarding limits for THC and tax rates as well as other parts of the statute. You know, to me, this just sounds like uh, their own cultural hesitancy at, at an issue that they're not into, that their own polity has approved. We'll see how it goes in the coming months. I'm Matthew St. Germain on a Monday for the High at Nine News. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. Man, he does not sound happy 
at all, Matthew. Oh. He sounds a little disgruntled oh, over this. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to make sure that the legislature makes some is, uh, is difficult, a, as difficult as possible. Is Republican or Democrat? Yes, he's a Republican. Sorry if yes, I the story didn't say that. They have a hard time with these votes that have already been counted. <laughs> so I can totally understand why he's trying to, after the fact, trying to insert some additional stuff. I mean, I, you know, we have a little bit of a, a history a history to rely upon in terms of that recent dynamic don't you think jason i mean i did i did jason. think i did think jason. i did i did find it extremely funny that now all of a sudden because his vote passed he wants to eliminate a lot of the high drivers on the road that all of a sudden just appeared out of nowhere just yeah. because this vote passed i also think it's funny that he's worried about people smelling cannabis who aren't using cannabis because to me we don't get rid of cannabis stigma until it's treated exactly like tobacco and so if the mm -hmm. smell of a cigarette is incredibly intrusive to those that don't smoke cigarettes unless you have a solution for that i don't see why you have to worry about the equal impact of the smell of cannabis of uh, I totally, totally, totally agree with you on this so, so much, Yaro. I don't think you even know. Yes. I, I, what I think is really interesting about this is this this highlights something that's going on. Go ahead. Go ahead, Manny. There's so many smells that we smell walking down a street that we don't want to. You know, there's so much. I'll tell you what. Terpenes actually heal you. Any major city, you walk down the street, smells like urine. Like, it's... Hold on. Even when I'm walking in my building and I walk by uh, different people's houses, half of the people that, that, that cook just don't know how to, and it smells like shit. Yeah. Yo, I, I'd like to talk about something that this highlights, though, if we look, right? Like, uh, Republican politicians tend to be evangelical and religious at a much higher level than the people that they vote for. And what we're seeing is they're really outside on a lot of these issues. What they've done is they've used this fear of, of brown people and gay people and Democrats and, and the changing of this idyllic American dream. And they've used the fact that unions have been crushed, wages have been destroyed, houses are now used as an investment opportunity instead of an ability for, for people to live. And everything has been structured towards corporate wealth and the destruction of the middle class and lower classes. And the Republicans have expertly, deftly used all of those facts on the ground. Somehow they've twisted them to like the gays and the browns are coming to take all your shit away. And, and, and what we see in these issues is how out of step they are because they're running this white nationalist, Christian, white supremacist agenda. They're so out of step on cannabis because even though they've mined the fear of their polity, of the people that are voting for them, they're completely out of step with them when it comes to personal use issues. And, and I think that what we're really seeing more and more is the fracturing of the Republican Party. And what I hope to see is more people walking away from the Democratic Party, more people walking away from the Republican Party, and, and more parties forming that, that constitute something more in the middle of like, man, I just want to let people be and I want to be let be. And I want corporations to be highly policed so they can't take all of the money out of our community and or toxify and destroy our community. That's what we really should be talking about. Trump would have to run as an independent then. I like RFK and he's pulling over 22% right is, now in a three-way race. He is crushing right now. He is, he is the, doing the, a lot the difference better between, right now. He is doing the difference a lot between Trump right and RFK now. is RFK has spent his life as an environmental lawyer working for clean drinking water and healthy human bodies. And Trump has spent his life not paying contractors that did honest work for him and, and basically making an enemy out of anyone who won't kowtow to him. So if we look at the, the personal ethics and navigation of those two men, I would say that RFK is by far a better choice as a leader. And while I disagree with him, I think I think some of his views are completely wacko. 
what I do see in him is that he has an actual human heart. He cares about the American people. He cares about the people of the earth. He cares about the cleanliness and the wholeness of the earth and the ecology. And we have to remember, you guys, the earth and nature, what that thing we call nature and the environment that people always want to shit on and drive their diesel trucks over is actually our life support system. And so if we continue to shit on our life support system, it will stop supporting our life. The earth will continue to exist for billions of years, but we may not. I don't think that Trump can run as an independent because he will still be suckling off of Putin's nipple. So he's always <laughs> going to be nursing like a little six-month-old, and Putin's going to be like, I got you, I got you, it's okay, just don't kick me out you of Ukraine. You are so out of touch with reality, but it's going to be oh, oh. Okay. Love the impersonation, yes. though. That was hilarious. That was, that was you should do so like a cute. whole episode as Putin. That'd be really funny. <laughs> so cute. So cute. And on that, on that, do we have another commercial, Adam? Or, yeah, we have one more commercial. No, no more commercials. Okay, we have no more commercials. We're gonna go <clears throat> right in. Thank you so much for that, Matthew Saint Germain. Yarrow, Mr. Yarrow Coover, and he is from Sonoma. Even though he really is from Florida, just look at how he looks. You already know he's a Florida man at heart. He is specializes in real estate, cannabis, and. He puts them both together sometimes to make cannabis real estate, especially up there in the great city of Sonoma. That's right. It isn't another than Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Hi at nine news viewers. Yarrow Kubrin here. My article today on this Monday is about cannabis users appearing to rely less on conventional sleep aids. <laughs> so we had a lot of bad news today. I figured I would give us a little, little, little shot of optimism. So most people who reported using cannabis to get a good night's rest in a recent study have quit using over-the-counter or prescription sleep aids altogether. More than 80% of the 1,255 cannabis users surveyed for the Washington State University-led analysis reported no longer using over-the-counter or prescription sleep aids such as melatonin and benzo... Instead, they had a strong preference for inhaling high-THC cannabis by smoking joints or vaporizing flour, two fast-acting methods that previous research has shown can help with difficulty falling asleep. Interestingly, around half the people in the study also specifically reported using cannabis strains containing CBD and other and the terpene, mycerine, and an aromic plant compound found in hops, basil, and other plants in addition to cannabis. Quote, one of the findings that surprised me was the fact that people are seeking the terpene and cannabis to assist with sleep, said Carrie Cutler, senior author of the study and associate professor of psychology at WSU. Quote, there is some evidence in the scientific literature to support that marcine can may help promote sleep, so cannabis users seem to have figured that out on their own. For the study published in the journal Exploration of Medical Medicine, Cutler and the psychology doctor doctoral student Amanda Stuber analyzed self-report data from individuals on their usage of cannabis and other sleep aids or no sleep aids and what effects they perceive the different products to have. Data for the study were provided by Strain Prints, a Canadian-based medical technology company. Partip participants reported varying Morning outcomes and side effects. Cannabis users more commonly reported feeling refreshed, focused, and better able to function in the morning after using cannabis along with experiencing fewer headaches and less nausea compared with when they were using traditional sleep aids. However, cannabis users also reported feeling sleepier as well as more anxious and irritable in the morning after using cannabis compared to other sleep aids. They were also more likely to report experiencing dry mouth and red eyes after using cannabis. <laughs> 
That's that's news, my friend. You did a study for that? I could have just told you. <laughs> In general, the use of cannabis for sleeping-related issues was perceived as more advantageous than over-the-counter medications or prescription sleep aids, Cutler said. Unlike long-acting sedatives and alcohol, cannabis was not associated with a hangover effect, although individuals reported some lingering effects such as sleepiness and changes in mood. Researchers also found that more than 60% of the study participants reported getting the recommended six to eight hours of sleep when using cannabis alone. Less than 20% of the sample reported getting six to eight hours of sleep while using a prescription or over-the-counter sleep aid or cannabis combined with a sleep aid. Additionally, 33.8% of the participants reported using cannabis edibles to help them sleep and 14% opted for capsules containing THC. These alternatives are known for their longer lasting effects, but were commonly less chosen, possibly due to the need for quicker relief when falling asleep. While most of the findings came out in favor of cannabis use for sleep, the study has its limitations. There was a strong selection bias for people who were already using cannabis because they perceive it to be beneficial. Not everyone is going to find that cannabis helps with their sleep or future research needs to employ more objective sleep measures to provide a more comprehensive understanding of the effects of cannabis for sleep, she said. Nonetheless, or nevertheless, I don't even know what the difference is. Cutler and Stuber hope that the study will provide some valuable insights for healthcare professionals who work with cannabis users and individuals seeking alternative solutions for sleep-related problems. The researchers also support the use of future clinical trials to validate the efficacy of the terpenes and other isolated compounds in cannabis for sleep that don't have the intoxicating effects of THC. This is Yarrow Kubrin for Hyatt 9 News, Monday morning. What do you guys think? Man. This is awesome. Cannabis is non-addictive, uh, really non-attenuating, and and once you find your your dose that works for you, it's it's great, and you won't wake up with a with a groggy cannabis. For think, me, it's about five milligrams of a THC CBD one to one is just terrific. I feel like a lot of those people that wake yeah. up with uh, what I would call a weed over is mostly comes from edibles, edible consumption, or over uh, usage of edible consumption. Over usage, yeah, yeah definite over usage. Um, and I just want to say that, you know, in the world of reasons why new consumers are coming over to use cannabis, it's most of the time starts with sleep. Mm -hmm. they, they hear that this is going to be the key for sleeping. And for many, it is. There's so many people that are able to get off of a, a formal prescription and get over to this. Um, it's just more this this research study to me is just something of course that all of us already knew so it's old news but it's nice to see it documented and to live on um and be available for people to access online and feel more confident in their own decision and they did they did i felt like you know, i felt like at least how you presented it, yarrow they did they did make a little bit of fun of the obvious things that they found which you know of course all cannabis people know you're going to get a little bit of red eyes or whatnot it's a little cotton mouth and whatnot but uh I, they they did they seem like they made it uh wholeheartedly and not from a pro prohibitionist type of thing is like, Oh my God, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. What I really appreciated was when we think about cannabis as medicine, there's this tendency to go to the extreme and to think about somebody with cancer who's going through chemo or hospice and doesn't have a long mm -hmm. time to live. But, and then we go to cannabis as wellness and you've got people who are like, Oh, I take two hits before I go to the gym and work out or, or, or I puff and paint. But I think there's also that middle ground there where it's like, it, it is a wellness medicine sort of, uh,
uh, it has the ability to help people reach a, a better level of homeostasis for certain ailments and issues. And 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 to Mandy's point, this isn't a uh, this is a place where the can of curious come in. I mean, I talk to a lot of my mom's friends, and they are not going to smoke cannabis, but a little gummy before sleep has been very helpful for them. And there's an entire uh, I I would I would tend to say older set of the population. Uh, that doesn't even see themselves as cannabis users. I went out to Michigan last month. This guy's like, I don't, you know, he did the, he's the guy in the cannabis industry who started bragging about how they didn't use cannabis. But then he started talking about how him and his wife eat the gummies before they go to bed and they use it as a sleeping aid. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. So you don't identify as a cannabis user, but you still are using the beneficial effects of consuming edibles before you go to sleep. Right on. That's, that's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. And on that... You know, Yaro, I'm sorry I have to do this, but <clears throat> I'm going to have to end the show on a sad note today, you guys, because I have one last story. And if you thought my first story sound familiar, it's because I have a second story that is very, very similar. One killed in a shooting outside of a Hollywood cannabis event. And this is in regards to the Backpack Boys opening on, what was it, Saturday or Sunday? On Saturday, a man was killed and another was wounded following a shooting in a Hollywood Saturday afternoon. The shooting was reported around 2.15 p.m. on the 6500 block of Sunset Boulevard, according to the Los Angeles Police Department. Officers arrived at the scene and found one man who was dead and another suffering from undisclosed injuries. That man was unconscious and breathing, police said, but his exact injuries are unclear. The injured man was taken to the hospital by ambulance and was listed in stable condition. Police say the shooting was triggered by a fight outside a cannabis event. In a quote, a struggle over a bag would suggest some sort of robbery, given that it was a cannabis event. I think it's possible there was marijuana or money involved, said Los Angeles Police Lieutenant John Ratley. Two people believed to have been a part of the altercation were under arrest Saturday evening, and detectives are working to determine if the shooting was gang-related, although police were confident that none of the men involved in the shooting were homeless. I find that very interesting that they included that right at the end, that none of the men were homeless. But nonetheless, so first of all, there was a lot of rumors going around on the weekend in regards to this. And so it was not a drive by shooting. This was this actually happened, to my understanding, in the parking lot of the actual opening of the dispensary. Oh, it looks like our show's over, you guys. What did, did I know nothing about the backpack boys. No. But if I was going to come out with a spite store, it would be the fanny pack girls. The fanny pack <laughs> girls. Hey, Jay, I think this the whole thing just dumped, huh? I don't know what happened. He's no, he, Adam's it's live in 56 going. minutes. Adam's saying keep going. Well, okay, we well, hold on. Adam, it did stop. Bring back your tragedy, bring back your bleed. And yeah, it's over. It, it dumped us. But, but I, I liked my sleepy story as an end. I also liked your story. It was a YouTube problem because YouTube stopped running while I was watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was YouTube, 100%. It was YouTube. They pulled the plug, yeah, they bro. They did, bro. They are the plug. They pulled the plug, and they were not okay. I heard they were, they were well connected. Why did it go to stream finished? It had, YouTube had a problem. It bumped us off.
I don't think that that was it. I love you guys. I gotta get uh, get to work. No worries, bro. Do. We love yeah. you guys too. And I'll be yes. there at about uh, eight thirty, eight forty-five tomorrow. Everybody else, I love you. Goodbye. Love y'all too. I'll talk to you guys. Bye. Soon. All right, bet. What do you mean? Yeah.